All right, we are here. Uh, I'm not going to say the game of the year because I'm still going to save that one for Michigan and Ohio State. But man, Texas and Oklahoma, could they have made this game any more hyped? Both coming in at 5-0. and You've got storylines and headlines all over this game. But today, I am joined by a special guest. I don't think you've ever been here on the channel. I don't think you've ever been on this podcast. But I'm joined today by <laughs> Nino's Corner. How you doing? What's up, PG? I'm good, man. Well, you know what to do. Tell everybody where to find you at. Hey, man. YouTube, it's going to be Nino's Corner Sports. Twitter, Instagram, you know, anything else, it's just Nino's Corner. So, All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. Because everybody's here. They're here to listen or watch, whatever you guys are doing. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube. You guys are here to hear what we think is going to happen in this game. And, you know, it's kind of weird to say that because this is Oklahoma, Texas. Anything's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but the headlines for this game, you know, both teams are undefeated since I think it's 2011. Mm -hmm. And this kind of has the feel of 2008 because whoever wins this game, they're going to the playoffs. They're you know, at that time, it was the national championship in 2008. And uh, Texas' schedule kind of lines up the way it did in 2008 because you guys have to play Texas Tech at the end of the year. So how funny would it be if you guys were, you know, undefeated all over to that point? Uh, sorry, I shouldn't bring that up. There'd be a lot of harsh <laughs> feelings for Texas fans there. But no, I mean, this game really does have that feeling. Bring them back those 2008 vibes. Oklahoma got blown out last year, 49 nothing, And what we consider probably one of the, if not the worst loss in this rivalry, although it's not the biggest margin of victory, yeah. it's it's it was completely humiliating. Uh, and then Dylan Gabriel, you know, he's able to play this year, right? So hopefully we expect a different game. I think a lot of people are expecting a defensive battle. So, you know, what are just some of your initial thoughts around this game this year and, you know, what you're going to be looking for? Man, look, I just want to see how the Texas defensive line is going to stack up against – the uh, interior O-line for, uh, you know, OU. I think Texas defensive line is it's one of the best in the country. I think it's probably by far the best in the conference. Um, and I want to see if OU can run on that defense. I don't think they'll be able to. Um, if Texas can make this a one-dimensional game and we force, you know, OU to pass the ball a lot, I like our chances. I do. I like our chances. As long as our safeties <laughs> – it covered a damn deep ball. We've been having problems with that lately. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, Oklahoma has not done very well on the passing game in this game specifically yeah. for a couple of years. I mean, if you remember that Xavier Worthy, uh, it was like a bubble screen that he caught one year and took it 75 yards to the house. It's like, and this became like a common theme against Oklahoma in Texas uh, is, you know, who's going to win in the passing game. But no, I, when I look at some of the keys for Oklahoma, uh, you actually touched on some of those things right there. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into it. The keys for Oklahoma is they got to be able to run the ball well. And that's not something we've seen them do this season. You know, they've been alternating between these backs, really trying to figure it out as Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Barnes are trying to get healthy. And I know there's some conspiracy theories like, hey, maybe they're trying to hide them. So Texas forgets about them. Texas ain't going to forget about those dudes. They see mm -hmm. them trot out in the field. They're going to have a game plan ready for both of them. But I will say, as Sawchuk got to come back last week, you hope that he gets more reps in practice. And you can see that initial speed on the outside for him. And then Tawi Walker, I don't think he's going to be able to do much in this game because, like you said, that Texas defensive line is so good that Tawi Walker being more of a power back, he's not going to be able to do that to the Texas defense all game. So Oklahoma's got to be able to get to the outside 
And in my opinion, for Oklahoma to win this game, they got to have a running back over 100 yards. It ain't happening. Yeah, but additionally, <laughs> you talked about it. Offensive line, they must win against the Texas defensive line because the Texas defensive line has allowed 13 sacks this season. Eight and a half were by the defensive line. The rest have been by the linebackers. So oh, wow. uh, Texas defensive line is uh, <laughs> really, really good. I think you guys are only allowing like what? 80 or 90 yards in the rush game. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like that. It's less than, it's less than a hundred, you know, you know, a game. So look, they've been really good, man. I've been, I've been very impressed with them. Um, you know, having sweat come back this year was outstanding. Him being what six three three sixty. 360. Um, you know, he's been a plug man with great feet. Uh, Byron Murphy is a dog. Alfred Collins is like the light switch has finally kind of come on for him, which was, it's like, thank God. And, and now look, Vernon Broughton has really popped on tape. Um, and then having Baron Sorrell and the Ethan Burks, those guys in the edges. I mean, they have played extremely well on that line and they've rotated well, too. Um, so with them having a the death with like a Trill Carter and look, it's it's been very good to see for the Texas defensive line. Something that we haven't had that strong in quite some time. Yeah, no, 100 percent. This is uh, Texas has probably been one of the. Uh, better teams that I've seen on defense just all year. And you guys have been tested. I mean, you guys had to play Alabama. You guys have already had to play Kansas. And although it wasn't Jalen Daniels, uh, uh, Bean has caused problems for other people before. Yeah, he put up 42 on OU last year. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, it's not like like Texas hasn't been tested in the terms of the teams that they played. So it's going to be a good test. If if this offensive line is as good as we think it is for Oklahoma, uh, they should be able to stand the test against the Texas defensive line. And that's something that they got to do. They got to be able to protect the quarterback. They got to be able to open the holes for the running backs. And then the third thing is OU's got to continue adjusting well in the second half. And so I went and I pulled this stat for both teams. So Oklahoma in five games has only allowed 24 points in the second half, averaging 4.8 points in the second half versus the 40 that they've allowed in the first half at an eight point average. Four out of the five fourth quarters that Oklahoma has played, they've shut out their opponents. And three out of the five third quarters, they've been shutouts as well. So Texas, on the other hand, three straight fourth quarter shutouts, allowing nine points averaged in the second half. So usually in the second half is when you see Oklahoma play their best ball offensively and defensively. So for Oklahoma, you've got to be able to adjust well. You've got to take your offense out there. And Texas is allowing nine. You want to get to that nine or ten points in the second half, but then additionally, you want to hold Texas to a donut in that second half. But it's crazy because uh, the biggest knock on Sark for his first two years was that they would start off fast and and not close games well. Now it's the opposite. You know, we're we're moving the ball in the first half and not scoring a lot of points. But he's adjusting. You know, after halftime in that second half, they are running away with games in the second half. That's where that's where Texas is really scoring like the bulk of their points. So it's going to be interesting. Somebody's defense is going to break this weekend, and I can't wait to see who it is, man. A break, but you know this could end up being a defensive battle. But go ahead and give me what are some of the keys for Texas to be able to go out here to win this game? Oh man, I just did like a whole episode about this earlier. So the keys for Texas, man, is Jonathan Brooks is he has to be that guy. And I think people thought that there was going to be a huge drop off in the running game this year since we lost Bijan and also Rojo. Um, you know, I've said in multiple podcasts that I thought uh, actually going into this season that the Texas 
running game was going to be comparable to what we had last year because I thought the offensive line was going to mature and grow together and have a better offensive line for these backs. And that has happened, but also I think people kind of forgot how good Jonathan Brooks is. Jonathan Brooks so far this year, um, after not starting for two games straight, if I'm not mistaken, um, he has only 30 yards less than what Bijan had last year at this time. Um, so, uh, and he had a better game against Bama, <laughs> you know, so he actually closed the game out for us. He's played outstanding. Um, think, you know, last week he averaged 10 yards to carry, uh, you know, he had three explosive plays last week, one of 65 yards. I mean, he's, he's been running the ball quite well. Very, very just happy to see that. So having that, that, uh, happen with the running game, that's one key. And I think Texas should be able to do that running right behind, um, Campbell. You know, but I think the thing that um, my second point is the tight end play. All right. So JT Sanders is outstanding, but he did have an injury last week. We won't find out um, from the media here until tomorrow exactly uh, if he's going to be limited, you know, on Saturday or not. Um, If he's not, then look, I am I'm very comfortable with my pick. If he is limited, we got to see exactly who's going to step up and be tight end number two. Um, you know, so just from that previous game, Sark's been running out like a jumbo lineup, having the six offensive linemen come in and be that second tight end. So if that happens, he's going to try to play bully ball. Um, and so he might try to sort of, you know, you know, actually just kind of slow that game down. Um, but we have passed a lot out of that jumbo package, too. So we'll see what happens with that. And my third thing is our safeties have to have to contain. They got to um, not get lazy and, you know, just kind of look in the backfield. We've gotten beat a couple times this year deep. You know, so um, that's all like on the safeties and that 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 has to get better. PK is kind of crisping things up in that in that fourth quarter uh, last week, uh, moving Jalen Catalan and also Derek Williams, you know, as the uh, starting safeties in the fourth quarter. Right. And so that kind of shores some things up and maybe he maybe he you know, I think he probably found something here for this next coming game. Yeah, and when you look at it, Oklahoma's really good at the deep balls. Um, Andrell Anthony is a guy that I believe his longest catch of the season is 55. Jalil Farouk, 49. Nick Anderson, 52. You have Jaden Gibson at 41. Brennan yeah. Thompson, former yeah. player. Yeah, I saw that last week. Yeah, they, they are really good at catching those deep balls, getting past those safeties in those corners. So when you look at the talent that Oklahoma has in that wide receiver court, it's definitely going to be key for Texas to be able to go in there and contain that. What's going on with C.J. Baxter? Is he going to play in this game? Because oh, Hell yeah. he's uh, Yeah, because I thought he was going to be a key to the season for Texas, right? You know, And I yeah. know he's got 37 carries for 157 yards, which for a true freshman, that's probably pretty good, but you've got that offensive line to show for it. Yeah, but I think people – Kind of forget how good Jonathan Brooks was, man. You know, so Brooks was, you know, in my opinion, the best running back in the state of Texas coming out of high school, you know, in uh, his year, he just went to a smaller school. And so, um, you know, that was a good eval from the previous staff, you know, but Jonathan Brooks has been everything as, as advertised, uh, you know, so he's waited his turn here. He sat behind Bijan, sat behind Rojo. He's got his shot and he's been outstanding. Um, He has great vision, great balance, you know, really good speed as well. And so look, he's, he's a guy that's, that's uh, kind of taking the bull by the horns here, man. And, you know, but Baxter comes in. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. Baxter is, you know, he had a perfect one-handed catch last week and took it for about 20 yards or so. But um, he's, look, he's he's 1B. You know, so Jonathan Brooks is 1A. He's he's 1B. He's a strong back. But, you know, look, he's a freshman. And I think that's the problem that Texas has had in the past was 
just kind of always depending on the freshman to come save the team. Look, we got a shiny five-star freshman in Baxter, but we don't have to depend on him to be that guy for us. We got a nice seasoned veteran who's going to go to the league here pretty soon and, and then have Baxter behind him getting some snaps as well. Now, what are the keys for Quinn Ewers here? Because he has definitely improved in the past game this year. 66% yeah. of his passes. He's only thrown one interception. He's been sacked nine times. So I haven't seen a lot of text games, so I'm not sure if that's he's not getting the ball out quick enough or the offensive line is just not as good in pass protection as they are in the run game. But, you know, what do you guys need to see out of Quinn Ewers? Quinn just has to be Quinn. Be poised. Um be calm under pressure, which honestly, once he is under pressure, he passes very well, to be honest with you. Um, he's been hitting the deep ball this year, too, as well. You know, last year we can hit the deep ball for anything, but this year he has been outstanding. Uh, you know, um, give me a second here, PG. I'm actually pulling up how many explosive plays he has for the season. This year alone, Quinn has uh 20 explosive plays so far this year, um, uh, which are plays. Either, either him running the ball for 15 yards more or passing for 20 yards more. Last year was completely horrible. You know, we had 36 for the total of the year last year. He's already halfway there with just five games in. So, uh, yeah, man, he's um, – Quinn just has to stay poised, play in the offense, um, and just understand that he doesn't have to go out there and be Superman because he has so much talent around him. You know, you got so many more weapons this year. You got A.D. Mitchell, you got Worthy, you got Sanders, you got Whittington, and then you got Jonathan Brooks in the backfield. So you got a lot of weapons. Just just be you. Now, Texas, they're up 63-50 to 50 in this rivalry. I think there's five ties in there. Texas, over the past couple of years, they have gotten out on Oklahoma early, but it seems like they get too complacent in the game. Do you think this Texas team is going to be, I want to say, more disciplined to where if they get out to a 14 or 17 point lead, they're not letting up on the breaks. They're not going to uh, look ahead and think that they've got the win in the bag and end up letting Oklahoma back in this game for potentially a win. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely going to happen this year. Um Texas has played much better in the second half this year than they have in the first half. Um, so I think Sark's biggest knock over his first two years was that he started off fast and he could never adjust in the second half. Uh, but this year it's kind of been the opposite. We started off really, I won't say slow, but we've, we've kind of, you know, just started off very technical. And then in that second half, he's opened it up and we scored the majority of our points this year in the second half. And so that's a positive for Texas is that they have been able to adjust this year. And uh, yeah, they've been doing really good in that second half. So I'm telling you, man, it, it's going to be a dogfight here because, you know, OU doesn't, you know, actually allow people to score in the second half. Texas doesn't either. But OU scores a lot in the second half. And so does Texas. So somebody's going to break. <laughs> somebody's going to break. And I can't wait to see it, man. Somebody's going to break, and this might be the perfect example to it. So I saw this from On3 Recruits earlier talking about just Oklahoma and Texas on the recruiting trail. Uh, Texas obviously beating Oklahoma in the five stars. They've always recruited really well, especially those five-star prospects. Top 100 prospects, they're whooping Oklahoma, but four stars, that blue-chip ratio. Oklahoma has the edge in this game. 
you know, this is not something I feel like we'd look at a ton when it comes to matchups. So do you think something like this comes into play where, hey, maybe some of these young five stars for Oklahoma, like a PJ Adebayore, or you have Peyton Bowen come into play, or, you know, hey, does the blue chip ratio favor Oklahoma in this game? I mean, clearly it says it here, but I mean, does it translate to the field? Look, you know, stars are stars and kids get ranked, you know, like for a reason. But, um, you know, I've seen the stats where if you're not a high four star and you're just a regular four star, a guy that's not, you know, like per the rival site, like a six point or better or poor, um, you know, on three. Um, what's their like? They're like four star plus or whatever. Yeah, they're five star commit plus or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're not in that caliber, that other four star that's not in that level is about as equal as a three star. There's nothing that really, that really changes it. I've also read some things that say kids that aren't in the top hundred or I'm sorry, the top 150. Um, it's, it's, it's like nuts and bolts after that. Right. So it's, it's just a matter of how these kids are getting developed. Right. And so, you know, we've seen from the defensive side of the ball where we have a guy like Jalen Ford, who's a three-star, and we've seen that he has been developed. We've seen Baron Sorrell, he's been developed. Um, you know, Sweat, he was a high three-star, four-star. He's been developed. He's one of the best, you know, I would say tackles in the country for the defensive side of the ball. Byron Murphy's a three-star, right? And so we're having a defense that's that's fielded in that front seven with a lot of three-stars um, or, you know, like low, you know, like very low four-stars. And it's it's been one of the best defenses here in the country and one of the tops here in the conference as well. So um, those those kids that are those five stars and those very high four stars, those are the special ones. We all know who they are. Right. You know, you got your Quinn Ewers, you got your um, your Jackson Arnold. Right. Um, you know, you got your uh, Anthony Hills. Right. So, you know, those guys are going to shine. You kind of expect it to happen. All the other players is, you know, that's pretty much just all about development. Right. And so I think both teams have done a great job with that. All right. Well, ESPN, their matchup predictor, according to the ESPN analytics, I don't know what kind of analytics they use, but it actually favors Oklahoma here. 54.6% compared to 45.4. So let's go ahead and let's put in the predictions. What do you think happens? What do you think Texas wins by? Because the over under for Texas here, six, six and, and a half. half points. And I hear, uh, it was what was it like 90% of the bets have been on Texas this week? So it looks like a lot of people are favoring Texas here to go out there and win this game. I got Texas by 10. Um, I think Texas kind of continues their streak of beating folks by double digits this year. Um, look, I'm a, I'm a fan of Texas, of course. I'm a grad, right? So, you know, I'm gonna pick Texas regardless, but you know, just but honestly, if I wasn't a fan of Texas. I just think Texas is going to win in the trenches this year, um, and and I think that's going to settle the game. Oklahoma has to run the ball against Texas. I don't think Oklahoma has found a running back that can that can be that bell cow, you know, so somebody that you can just kind of lean on. And so I think that's going to hurt them. Uh, I do like Dylan Gabriel in this offense. I thought it was, a, you know, basically the perfect marriage, you know, for Levy. Levy getting this old guy back. But Dylan Gabriel's arm I don't think is the strongest. And, and – Yes, they've hit deep balls, but even that deep ball last week to a you know to a Thompson, it was severely underthrown. Thompson had to readjust and come back to the ball, right? So, you know those those can hurt you in the long run. They can help you too because you can start you know actually drawing some calls off those. But um, I just like Texas. I think Texas is talented all around from the defensive side of the ball. I think Texas from the offensive side of the ball, especially on that line, they're uh, 
they're just starting to gel right now. You know, so Campbell's coming in and kind of, you know, just taking that job at the right guard and they're running right behind them pretty much every game. And I tell you what, it's been very fun to see not only Jonathan Brooks run, but also Baxter and also Blue as well. And I think Texas also on the on the edges, Worthy and Mitchell. Um, it's going to be a lot of trouble. We got a lot of weapons. You know, last year, you know, Texas had to depend on Worthy to be the guy on every passing down. He was playing out of position pretty much. Um, and so now, you know, just having Mitchell – you know, they're, you know, actually actually on the boundary side of the field. It helps out Worthy so much more, man, and it just opens the field. So I think Texas has – I'm not saying OU doesn't have any talent because they got a ton of talent. I just think Texas is going to win in the trenches, and I think they win by 10 points. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you my score prediction here, and it kind of lines up with the over-under, which is set at 60, which mm-hmm. tells you Vegas thinks this is going to be a defensive battle because of what both teams have been doing, which is – it's really weird to say the Red River showdown is going to be a defensive battle, or at least what we expect. But yeah, uh, no, I, I, I think you know I told you earlier I was going back and forth. You know, my heart wants me to pick Oklahoma, and if I pick Oklahoma, I'm picking a 34 to 31 victory for them. But my mind and my and statistically or not statistically, but my, my mind's telling me, man, Texas is just really good. They're hard to beat. They've been battle tested, but also at the same time, I feel like Texas is expecting to come in and win this game. And I feel like that could be at their disadvantage. So the more and more I think about it, the more and more I try to talk myself in Oklahoma, I think I'm going to go 34, 31. I think I, ob- I think I'm obligated <laughs> to pick Oklahoma at this point. Yeah. You're obligated. That's your squad. <laughs> so, man. That's just, I mean, squad. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take <laughs> over 60, right? 65 <laughs> points, 34 to 31. Uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's still a pretty good game than what we've had in the past in terms of defense uh, for both teams because you don't really get into the 40s, and I think a lot of people would walk away from that game feeling really happy. Yeah, I got 34-24, man. That's my that's my score. Same score as Bama. You know 34-24. All right, maybe that one will be your guys' lucky score this year, uh, maybe going into the playoffs. So, but I mean, look, just it doesn't, now- but look, it doesn't matter, you know, honestly. I think Texas and OU are the two best teams in the conference. Um, whoever loses this weekend – I don't think they lose another game in the season. I think these two teams match up again in the Big 12 championship, you know, and 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 that could be for all the marbles. That could be for the college football championship, right? So, um, yeah, man, uh, look, I like I like both teams' chances after this weekend to win out as well and, and also see each other. I want to see Texas and OU see each other again because I want the Big 12 commissioner to have to uh, be pissed as hell sitting in the stands watching the two teams that are leaving um, fight for his trophy. Now, does Greg Sankey show up to that game as well? Yes, he does, because he's coming to this game. He's coming to this game. I know he's coming to this game. Yeah, I would too. I would too, just just because. <laughs> just be- because. I would do it just because. That'd be awesome. It's just so petty. So I got to ask before I got to let you go, right? Texas Tech, it's on Friday, November 24th at 6.30. We're going to kill ABC. Him. If y'all beat Oklahoma, is there going to be this mental thing with no. Texas fans? No. Well, well, you got to understand. Maybe with the fans, but the players, I mean, that was so long ago. You know, that was, what, 2009? Uh, so you're looking at, what is that, 14 years ago? You know, some of these kids were four years old. They, they don't, you know, it is what it is. They just going, they remember the Texas Tech game from last year. That's the one that stings. And so they're going to want that back in blood. This, Like, honestly, this year, 
they're going to want that back in blood. So if Texas wins out and we're playing against Texas Tech in the end of the season and all those comments that were made, I feel sorry for Joey McGuire. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I look at it and I say, man, ABC's already set that one up. I, I, I guarantee you we've talked about Oklahoma and Texas getting screwed on calls. Uh, Texas might be getting screwed that night. So <laughs> That's what we just got to take it to them, put the foot in the throat and keep going. Yeah. So, hey, well, before I let you go, because I know uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday night, um, you're going over to the SEC Connect, but where can people find you at? Where can people go find your channel? Yeah, man. So go to YouTube. It's going to be Nino's Corner Sports. You'll see me up there. Also go to Nino's Corner Sports.com. That's my website. I do a lot of Texas stats and stuff. Um, also, SEC Connect, I record every Wednesday night at 7 Central. And then on Fridays with the Bleacher Report, um, we do every Friday morning. This week is 11 o'clock. I can't make that one because I got to work. But, uh, but yeah, we're on you know my channel, the SEC Connect. It's me, um, Ty from uh, ATS Sports, Steven from FP, Jay from uh, Unfair Sports, and Chris from the Hornstown Podcast. And, um, yeah, Fridays is, is also just a Bleacher Report. So, yeah, tune in, man. We do the the uh, College Live Pick'ems on Friday, and it's just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Right. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, you know what? We got to take care of the housekeeping, guys. If you haven't already, you know what you got to do. If you're listening to this on any of the podcast pl- pl- platforms, do whatever they do, whether it's leaving a review or five stars or whatever. Just do whatever those platforms want you to do. But if you're watching this on YouTube, which is where a lot of you guys listen to this, make sure you hit that like and hit that subscribe button because we are working on bringing you guys a lot of college football content this week. It's a great week for college football games. And uh, yeah, that's going to be it. So. Until next time, OU's going to win this one. (laughs) OU sucks. Hook (laughs) them.